It's 6 p.m. Let's go ahead and get started. Welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday, October 18, 2023, formal meeting of the Iowa City Planning and Zoning Commission. For roll call purposes, please note the, the commissioners present are Hench, Wade, Townsend, Quellhorst, Craig, Padrone, and Elliott. Um, just a reminder to everybody on the commission, when you speak, please make sure you speak into your microphone. There's been some concerns of a few people who are pretty soft speaking, so please just try to remember to put the microphone in your face when you're speaking. Um, item number three, uh, public discussion of any item not on the agenda. If there's a member of the public that would like to address the commission on an item not on tonight's agenda, now is your opportun opportunity. And if you would like to speak, just come up to the podium. Second call for anyone who'd like to speak with us that's not on the agenda. Seeing no one, we'll go on to the next item. This is under zoning code amendment items. This is item number four, case number REZ23-0005. This is continued uh, discussion from August 16th. This is consideration of an amendment to Title 14, zoning to reduce the maximum allowable height in the neighborhood stabilization residential zone from 35 feet to 27 feet. Anne? Thank you, Chair. Ann Russett with Neighborhood and Development Services. As the Chair mentioned, this is a continuation of our discussion from August 16th. Just a little bit of background. At that August 16th meeting, the Northside Neighborhood Association requested to reduce the height to 27 feet for new single-family and duplex structures. Um, staff did not support that recommendation. Um, the commission deferred the item to tonight and requested that staff meet with the Neighborhood Association again, which we did on September 6th. A couple of the main concerns that the Neighborhood Association representatives um, mentioned to staff were that the 35-foot height maximum acts as a financial incentive for investors to demolish older, affordable, owner-occupied structures, and that the 30-foot 35-foot height maximum encourages redevelopment of out-of-scale buildings that harm neighboring properties. And the example given was the single-family home proposed at 319 North Van Buren Street. Um, and they are at that meeting, they were requesting the reduction in height to 27 feet for new single-family and duplex structures. And staff, staff continues to recommend retaining the current height maximum of 35 feet in the RNS-12 zone. For, for um, the purpose of this presentation, I'm going to try to focus on new information and not the information that was presented on August 16th. Um, one item that was briefly discussed at the August 16th meeting was um, a justification for having varying height limits for varying land uses. So if there's an interest in modifying the height only for single family and duplex structures, uh, justification must be identified why those lower intensity residential uses need a lower height maximum. Um, the main concern that's outlined in our staff report is th the um, applicability of this only to new single-family and duplex structures. Um, this would require uh, varying um, standards for varying uses. Um, existing single-family and duplex uses would be subject to the 35 feet. New single-family and duplexes would be 27 feet. Other land uses would be 35 feet. Um, and staff would have to implement different height requirements for different uses built at different points in time. Um, recent correspondence from Jim Throgmorton of the Northside Neighborhood Association agrees with staff on this point and recommends applying the 27-foot height maximum to both existing and new single-family and duplex uses. 
Here's a map that we showed at the last meeting too. This is a map of all of the properties that are zoned RNS 12 in the city. They are in the core of the community. They are identified here in kind of that beigeish brown color. There's approximately 500 properties citywide that are zoned RNS 12. 75% of those are within um, historic districts or conservation districts, which we discussed last time too. Oh, just. Um, at the last meeting, the commission requested some additional detail on the city's historic preservation program, which was provided in the written staff report. Um, this slide just highlights some key points about those districts. Um, they are regulated differently. They are subject to historic preservation guidelines. Um, um, exterior modifications that require a regulated permit require historic review. Um, although some modifications in the historic and conservation districts to homes can be reviewed by staff. Major changes have to go to the Historic Preservation Commission, and that includes um, demolition and new construction. So I think the point that I really want to make here is that the city has a very robust historic preservation program, and that these overlays add a large degree of protection for, from future construction, demolition, and de development changes. Here's just a table that shows the breakdown of the number of parcels with that are zoned RNS 12 and, and the numbers that are within historic or conservation district overlays. So again, 75% citywide are in one of those overlays. Within the Northside neighborhood, specifically 85% of those properties are in historic or conservation district overlay. Some um, staff updated the demolition analysis that was previously presented to the commission. Um, since 1992, there have been 17 residential demolitions in the RNS 12 zone. And data suggests that redevelopment is not increasing, although that can change in the future. Um, staff believes that part of the reason there haven't been a lot of demolitions is because of the historic preservation program and those historic and conservation districts which restrict demolition. Um, I also wanted to note that six of the 17 demolitions occurred prior to the land being rezoned to RNS 12. So it was those pr properties were dem demolished and redeveloped when it was a multifamily zoning district and not the RNS 12. And we also looked at height for a few of these um, redevelopment projects. Uh, we were able to find height for 11 of these 17 residential demos. Two of the 11 were above 27 feet, and both of those were multifamily. And nine of the 11 were 27 feet or less, which suggests that the 35-foot height maximum is not an incentive for redevelopment. Otherwise, we would be seeing those buildings constructed at um, 35 feet or higher than 27. So just some conclusions. Um, these are similar to what we presented last time. Um, the, the purpose of the RNS 12 zone is to maintain a single family character, which has been interpreted as preserving single family uses and restricting multifamily residential. The current height limitation is consistent with other single family residential zones. Um, there's a need to justify why we would have a different height limit for lower intensity residential uses as opposed to other residential or other uses within that zone. And um, staff was concerned with um, implementation. I think that's been addressed with Mr. Throgmorton's recent correspondence that they're, they're um, okay with applying this to both existing and new uh, single family and duplex structures. 
And then again, um, the 75% of the properties which are regulated within historic and conservation district overlays, which ensure new structures are not out of scale with the surrounding neighborhood. And then lastly, the, the data that we looked at um, showing the residential, the, the demolitions that have occurred over time. We've received several pieces of correspondence. Um, all of them are in support of a reduction to 27 feet. Um, and they were emailed to you and they're also printed out before you at your seats. Um, the staff's, staff's recommendation is to continue to keep the 35-foot height max in the RNS-12 zone. Um, if the commission wants to move forward with an amendment, staff would recommend a couple of things. One, that the amendment apply to both new and existing single-family and duplex structures, and that a public purpose justification is identified why single-family and duplex uses need a different height limit than other uses. I have put together a suggested motion that lays, lays that out. If the commission would like to use it, I can, I can bring this back up when we get to that point, if that's helpful. In, in terms of next steps, um, if the commission makes a recommendation tonight, the city council will likely hold their public hearing on November 21st. And so I'll, I'll turn it back to the chair, thanks. Thanks, Ann. Any questions by members of the commission, the staff on this application? Seeing none, we'll go ahead and open the public hearing. Now is the opportunity for the public to speak to the commission. Please limit your comments to five minutes and I will be keeping track of time and I'll let you know when your time's up. Go ahead, Jim. Good evening. I, I understood that there would be eight minutes for uh, the applicant to speak to this topic. If you're speaking on behalf of a group yes, and they have allowed to am, cede yeah. their time to you. Yeah, good evening. My name is Jim Throgmorton, and I am speaking to you on behalf of the Northside Neighborhood Association, the applicant. One month ago, you urged city staff to meet with us to revise their earlier report and to provide you with recommendations for tonight's meeting. Three of us on the Northside Steering Committee met with city staff members Tracy Haichu and Ann Russett on September the 6th. We found it to be an enlightening and constructive conversation and appreciate that very much. During the meeting, they asked us to clarify what our specific concerns were and how the proposed height reduction addressed them. In its revised report, city staff recommends against the proposed change. They offer several reasons, but one stands out. The staff could not identify a governmental purpose for having the maximum allowable height vary based on use. Before proceeding further, let me uh, get one of the obstacles off the table, and Ann's already referred to this. In the September 6th meeting, looking for a mutually acceptable compromise, we floated the idea of applying the change only to new single-family structures and duplexes and not to existing structures. However, the staff report persuades us that applying a different standard to new and existing houses would produce unnecessary complications. Consequently, we agree with staff that the Height Amendment should apply both to existing and new single-family and duplex structures. Doing so is actually consistent with our original petition, which we have not changed in writing. So you're, it's not as if you're actually changing uh, something here. This should eliminate staff con staff's concern about this aspect of the proposed amendment. 
So what led us to propose the change in maximum allowable height? Put concisely, the current 35-foot limit encourages redevelopment with out-of-scale buildings that can have harmful effects on neighboring properties. The existing height limit provides a financial incentive for investors to demolish older and currently very affordable owner-occupied structures and makes it less likely that appropriately sized affordable new structures will be built. This financial incentive stems from the fact that the RNS-12 zones are located in the university impact area and therefore are subject to intense demand for off-campus student housing. It was this housing market pressure that led city government to create the RNS-12 district and to give it a unique purpose, public purpose. This unique purpose is, quote, to stabilize certain existing neighborhoods by preserving the predominantly single-family residential character of certain neighborhoods, unquote. As former city planner Bob Mikko states in his detailed advice to you, which we support and trust you have read, for those who live in neighborhoods, single-family character means all the things that make up quality of life. Enough sunlight to allow gardens, trees, and other living landscaping, light shining through windows on a wintry day, a fresh summer breeze, and not having light and air blocked by a 35-foot tall wall a few feet from one's property. This market pressure also led city government to stipulate as a matter of public policy in the central district plan that the city will, quote, work to achieve a healthy balance of rental and owner-occupied housing in the district's older neighborhoods, unquote. Continuing to permit new infill structures as tall as 35 feet in RNS-12 districts would make it more difficult to achieve that objective. The potential that out-of-scale buildings could have harmful effects on neighboring properties is also affected by the unique physical characteristics of the RNS-12 neighborhoods. Single-family and duplex structures comprise the vast majority of properties in those neighborhoods. Very few, if any, of those structures currently exceed two and a half stories, which is roughly equivalent to 27 feet. Moreover, the compact lots found in the RNS-12 zones are among the smallest in the city. Consequently, unlike in other residential zones with large lots and setbacks, 35-foot buildings could easily dominate or cause excessive shadows on neighboring structures. The existing 35-foot limit, therefore, runs counter to the purpose of the RNS-12 zone. Section 14-2A-1E stipulates that the maximum height standards in the code are intended, quote, to promote a reasonable building scale and relationship between buildings, provide options for height, air, and privacy, and discourage buildings that visually dominate other buildings in the vicinity. Furthermore, the current 35-foot maximum was originally adopted to allow walkout basements on sloping lots. There are very few sloping lots in the RNS-12 zones and none in the north sides. Therefore, there is no need to accommodate single-family and duplex structures on sloping lots by permitting 35-foot heights. 
Let me now address the staff's specific concern about varying maximum heights on land use, based on land use. We believe there is a clear rationale for varying heights. The reason for changing to a 27-foot height limit for single-family and duplex structures in RNS-12 zones is to preserve the existing quality of life in these neighborhoods by ensuring that new 35-foot tall houses on these small lots do not dominate their neighbors and deny them access to sunlight, breezes, and privacy. If the 27-foot height limit is adopted for single-family and duplex structures, the few non-residential uses allowed in the zones, in the zone, schools, religious institutions, and daycares could still be up to 35 feet, but these uses are already subject to greater setbacks that mitigate against any potential harm. In the end, therefore, there's in the end, there is really only one question you need to answer. Will changing the maximum permitted height of single family and duplex structures from 35 to 27 feet increase the likelihood that new infill development will help achieve a healthy balance of affordable and owner, affordable rental and owner-occupied housing while preserving the predominantly single family residential character of RNS 12 neighborhoods? If you answer yes, you should vote in favor of the proposed amendment. Thank you for your attention. We'd be happy to answer any questions. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate it. Is there anyone else who'd like to address the commission on this item? My name is Wally Plotnick. I live at 430 North Gilbert Street, and I'm here uh, just for myself and as a former person who sat in your seats for seven years, uh, 2005 through 2012. Uh, during that period, we wrote, rewrote the entire code and also uh, redid all the uh, neighborhood, uh, the comprehensive plans for each neighborhood. So going back to that, uh, as a commissioner, you are all aware that uh, the comprehensive plan should guide your decisions. That's what we told the people at every meeting that we had at all the different sessions and workshops that we held. So uh, staff's analysis of the neighborhood's uh, request regarding the comprehensive plan, it focuses on the land use in that specific map of, uh, I'm not going to say RNS 12. It is the Residential Neighborhood Stabilization 12 District. So I want you to keep that in mind. It's not just letters RNS, it's Residential Neighborhood Stabilization. There's only two that exist in the city. The rest are Residential Neighborhoods or RS. So please keep that in mind. Um, so, Staff acknowledges that there are many statements uh, within those comprehensive plans that regard to infill. 
So a lot of that is already covered. Uh, but it all in speaks to ensuring that it's compatible and complementary to the surrounding neighborhood. Uh, staff goes on to say that uh, because the maximum allowable height in most residential zones is 35 feet, it is implied that 35 feet ensures compatibility. That's, that's taken as a given, apparently. Um, the one thing I'd like to make note of and strongly object to is that every time staff refers to uh, the stabilization's uh, wording, they say that this does not interfere with single family uses. The stabilization was, uh, district was made not to present, uh, preserve uses. You can use any house as a single family use. It's meant to preserve the single family character of the neighborhoods. Character and uses are not, those words aren't interchangeable. Uses certainly come within the broader heading of character, but you can't cram character into the smaller thing of uses. So please take a look at that. Um, this very narrow reading of the comprehensive plan dismisses qualitative measures of compatibility. It ignores that there are very few 35-foot houses anywhere in Iowa City. Uh, typically, it's a walkout basement that adds that third floor. So the street level is less than 35 in almost every instance. Um, introducing a 35-foot tall house with a flat roof, which isn't uh, denied in, in this, in the 35-foot limit. Uh, in the neighborhood of modest one- and two-story houses is certainly not compatible with the neighborhood's character. Uh, an investment company that has purchased several pop properties with the intent of redeveloping them has just proposed just, just, just such a structure. Uh, to make it worse, the building would have a flat roof, making it appear t even taller and casting even more of a shadow over its neighbors. Uh, so I urge the, the commission to follow the comprehensive plan and really work through this to preserve the character of the neighborhood, not just the single family use. Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Wally. Whoever would like to speak next. <clears throat> My name is Susan Shillow, and with your permission, I would like to read a portion of the letter that was submitted to you by Anne Frerichs uh, on, on the occasion of this hearing. Is that all, all right with you all? It's a great letter. <laughs> and Anne, as you may know, was a part of this commission for a number of years. I am writing to ask that you vote in favor of the Northside neighborhood's request to reduce the height limit in RNS 12 zones. I live on the far west edge of the Longfellow neighborhood, which is comprised of RNS 12 and RS 8 zones, bordering areas that are entirely occupied by undergraduate students. When we were a young family just starting out, we were attracted to the charming houses of South Governor Street. We liked the proximity to Longfellow Elementary, and it was also a very, attract a very affordable uh, option. In 1993, we took the plunge and bought a 100-year-old house there. We were welcomed by a number of elderly couples who had raised their families on South Governor. They were happy that our house had not become a student rental like so many others in the neighborhood. We didn't know it at the time, but we were helping to stabilize the neighborhood. 
1999, we were surprised when a charming old house across the alley was torn down and a large three-story apartment building went up. There was no care given to how the building fit in the neighborhood. All the beautiful mature oak trees were cut down and every square inch of the available space was taken up with the new building. Although we enjoy having college kids as neighbors, we found that as more and more students moved in, their habits can conflict with working families. There are costs and benefits in every situation. For this reason, neighborhood stability and an increase in density on these narrow lots has great impact. We knew little about zoning before the apartment building went up. Several of our neighbors were in the same situation. We talked and then decided to approach the city, which is when we found out that Lucas and Governor Streets were zoned RM12 multifamily and more three-story apartment buildings were planned. Investors were actively trying to buy properties. A realtor called me and said, I should get out while I can. For a brief moment, we considered selling, but we thought of the elderly neighbors who had welcomed us and the other young families that we were also making their homes on the western streets of Longfellow. We also knew long-term renters who were drawn to the neighborhood for the same reasons we were. They too were concerned about being displaced by new and more expensive student housing. We decided to stay and fight for our neighborhood. This experience taught us that zoning can be a powerful tool affecting our daily lives. We and our neighbors petitioned the city to rezone our neighborhood to RNS 12. The investment companies that were buying up houses objected to our request, but the Planning and Zoning Commission and City Council agreed with us that Iowa City needs some close-in neighborhoods that are sustainable and attractive to all sorts of households, owner-occupied families as well as renters, young families, singles, and retirees. Recent proposals for 35-foot tall houses in the RNS 12 zone have revealed a loophole that is counter to the intent of the zone to stabilize and preserve existing neighborhoods. I urge Commission to approve the Northside neighborhood's request to bring the allowed building heights in line with existing houses in the RNS 12 zone. This will not only apply to the Northside, but will be beneficial to South Lucas and South Governor Streets as well. We have raised our family on South Governor Street and at some point we will be ready to move on. We hope to sell to another young family who will send their kids to Longfellow and walk to their jobs downtown. We hope that you will support such families with good zoning policy. Thank you for taking the time to read this and for serving on the commission. Thanks all. Thank you, Susan. Who's ever next? Good evening, my name is Nancy Carlson and I live at 1002 East Jefferson. And I am one of the group of neighbors who approached the city in 1993. We were concerned with a proposed development that we felt would dramatically change the character of our neighborhood and we asked for help. The city responded, changing the zoning from RM12 to RNS12 was the solution the city came up with. Over the years, we felt that for this was, that this was a serious undertaking. We knew it would change the course of our neighborhood. We discussed it, we contacted all of the neighbors. We explained the differences between the RM12 zone and the RNS12 zone. We wanted to make sure that everyone understood and was on board for this change. Our neighborhood was, and we were the first, thanks to the help of the city. 
Over the years, other RM12 zones in the University Impact Zone also request, requested to be rezoned to RNS because of the pride and love for their neighborhood. Most of the homeowners in our neighborhood are working class. They have worked hard to own their homes and they are proud of them. At the time of the rezoning to RNS-12, the concepts of historic districts and conservation areas were foreign to them. They wanted to give new neighbors the dream of home ownership that they had experienced. They had faith the new neighbors would responsibly respect what was already there. And for that, and for years that was true. Because of that, our neighborhood is an encyclopedia of housing styles. But all our houses, no matter what their style, have similar proportions. They are all one to two and a half stories tall. When we first were presented with this uh, zone, we discussed all these things over and over again because we realized that this would make a big change in our neighborhood. We looked at the dimensions, but we were naive and were not as adapt as someone in construction and understanding what the 35 foot height limit actually was. We looked around our neighborhood. We looked at the height of all the houses in our neighborhood. We thought, okay, this is a good height. We do not care. We have houses from the 50s. We have houses from the 1900s. But they all have the same amount, pretty much the same amount of height. And so we did not realize that there were, there, we had not, that we had allowed something to happen that we had no intention of having happened. So right now, we have reached a point where newcomers are interested only in their rights and maximizing their investment. The investment those of us who live here have made in creating and maintaining a neighborhood is of no concern to them. Their properties become dark holes, sucking the life out of our neighborhood. Everybody has been talking about the comprehensive plan and what this means and how we are supposed to follow it. The zoning code is, was made up to enforce the comprehensive plan. So I went to the zoning code and I would like to quote from you the purpose of the zoning code. The provisions of this title are intended to implement the city of Iowa City's comprehensive plan in a manner that promotes the health, safety, order, convenience, prosperity, and general welfare of the citizens of Iowa City. I am asking you to amend the height to 27 feet, which is what we thought was 35 feet when we did, when we did our thing. Out of love and pride of my neighborhood, I believe this is needed to continue the investment made in creating and maintaining our neighborhood. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Whoever would like to speak next?
up. I'll bring them up for you. I don't have one per, per oh, you have them? Yeah. Is it okay to change the lighting so that what's Yeah, on? sorry. Hang on one second. Well, in the meantime, my name is Don't forget Sheen. to shine that sign in, Sharon. Oh. You know, I think the the sign in sheet might have left oh. momentarily. Did anyone take it? All he's got it. <laughs> I have to get back. <laughs> means nobody else signed in. The other two ladies haven't signed in. All right, so. All right. Just give us a second to sure. get us ready. Copy. Share. Yeah. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So I live in the North Side neighborhood, and I I walk a great deal. And in moving to the North Side neighborhood, it's the whole walkability factor and the experience that you get living in the neighborhood. And if you look at the, the first image in my packet of visuals, this image is not in the Northside neighborhood, but it represents something that is the kind of thing that one would want to avoid in the RNS 12 neighborhoods. So I don't know if the people behind me can even see, but it's a house, it's an apartment complex on Iowa Avenue and it's, it is gigantic next to the single family home. So if we allow that kind of patterning that is like a, a visual dissonance, it disrupts the neighborhood and makes the neighborhood a place that people don't wanna walk by, are less excited to live in, uh, don't wanna live next to tall buildings that are out of character like that. And I, I liken it to the experience of when you pull up to an intersection and someone has music blaring very loud and the first thing you wanna do is get out of there and get away from that car. So this kind of height differential in a neighborhood that I would live in and look at something like that is that kind of an experience for me. And, and I think it would be for others and I think other people who invested in their neighborhood and bought property there would feel the same way. Um, the rest of the slides, I think the rest of the slides that I have are basically to show, well, slide number two shows a, a suburban neighborhood and, and that's where if you were to find a 35 foot tall building, you would usually see it in the back of the house and it would be a walkout basement. But when you look at the front facades, they're well under 27 feet. And that's true of all the RNS 12, single family or duplex houses that are currently in the close to the downtown area. Um, so the character is mostly one or two stories. They can have walkout basements that are in the back. 
then they're rarely 35 feet tall for the resi residential dwellings. Um, page number three shows apartments that are in the RNS 12 next to single family homes. The ones that we do have in RNS 12 throughout the city are mostly, I think they're under, they are mostly under 27 feet. There are very rare instances when they're above. Um, I'll move on to slide number four. There are, I think, four instances where there are non-residential businesses. There's St. Wenceslas, Prusel School, um, Bethel AME, and that's the image that's shown on the, the fourth page. And there's a, a daycare on Fairchild Street. Um, all of these are under, well, Two of them are over 35 feet tall, but they're on properties that are very large, and there's not the issue of, of keeping light and air away from the neighboring buildings. They're, they're fine that way. Um, the Bethel AME Church is under 27 feet, and so is the, the preschool. So in conclusion, I'll read that. The overwhelming character of Iowa City's RNS 12 zones consists of one and two story houses, a few apartment buildings with three floors, but even these apartment buildings are respectful of their neighbors in terms of height. There are a couple of taller historic buildings, but they have generous setbacks and do not harm their neighbors. The intent of the RNS 12 is to preserve the single family character. The comprehensive plan encourages the infill development to be compatible with the existing character. The requested change in height from 35 feet to 27 feet is consistent with these goals. The change will help preserve the quality of life of our neighbors, and it's a valid zoning code change. Um, and then I, I'm also very, I think it's very important because of the consistency that will we be brought to developers. If there's the two and a half story height that is true for historic districts and conservation districts, then if we go to 27 feet high, which is about two and a half stories tall, in an unprotected RNS zone, then that eliminates any confusion for developers, and that would be a safe way to proceed. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. And uh, Susan and Nancy, when you get a chance, would you just sign in before you leave tonight? I'd appreciate that very much. Who's ever next? I wonder if we could take a brief recess real quick uh, so we could chat for a minute. All right, let's take a five minute break. Okay. <laughs> I, I think one minute would probably be okay. sufficient. <laughs> one minute break. Okay, we're back in session. Go ahead. Uh, my name is Charlie Thomas, and I'm a student at the university, and I live in a campus residence hall. And this will be like a brief take on the larger scope of this endeavor. I took a walk to the north side area yesterday, and while it's numerous trees, falling leaves, and cozy homes I found attractive, 
it's clearly not sustainable. It lives on the border between a growing university near the downtown of a city with egregious housing demand. To implement a height restriction like this legitimi legitimizes the economic enclave Northside represents. It is in the commission's best interest to code a city that provides for the numerous kinds of people that want to live there. And further cementing these low density zones as they stand directly conflicts with that. There is no indication from the data of approved demolitions that the current height limit gives an incentive at all to demolish existing properties. The fear of out-of-scale buildings is mitigated by the already existent and limiting historic preservation measures. It is simply redundant to give this extra measure. Thanks. Thanks, Charlie. Who's ever next? Hello. You maybe remember me from last time. I read a letter from your friend, Ann Frerichs, and today I have my own letter. I'll sign my name here. It's Deanna Thoman, and I am from 208 Fairchild Street. And I've lived at 208 Fairchild Street in the Northside District for more than 20 years. Um, my sister Dana and I bought the house when we were in college and the home, it was built in 1876 and it once belonged to my great-great-grandparents. Today, my sister teaches at the university and I work from home as a copy editor. Dana lives upstairs in the old house and I live downstairs. I like my home and I like my neighborhood. I like the vibrancy of living near the downtown and the university. Um, from the second floor of my house, I am able to peer down at the flower beds I keep in the front yard. Above this, I see a layered horizon to the south, and that includes church steeples, as well as tall new structures. And the trend in Iowa City is to build up. This trend makes good sense in the right places, but historic districts, they're just not the right place. Um, in 2004, I stood at the same podium, and I voiced my support for the creation of the Northside Historic District. The plan, which included my block, passed, but some property owners objected so much that they were left out of the district. Several non-protected properties sit across the alley from my house, and two others are across um, from me on Fairchild Street. The two properties that are across the street from me were built in 1890 and 1900. These are solid homes. They're rentals with large backyards. These structures are in the RNS 12 zone. There is no conservation overlay for these homes. Currently, they could be torn down and built tall, dwarfing the surrounding old homes and blocking sunlight and the skyline that my neighbors and I enjoy. Tall structures would undoubtedly disrupt the scale and the harmony of my block. As we know, you guys know this, the RNS-12 was created to stabilize fragile residential areas. In his August 15, 2023 letter to the Planning and Zoning Commission, Robert Micklow, former senior planner for the city of Iowa City, explained that the height limit of 35 feet was meant to accommodate walkout basements on sloping lots. However, we now realize few RNS-12 structures sit on sloping lots. In his August letter, Miklo states the limit of 35 feet is excessive and should be changed to 27 feet. And that would be in keeping with the two and a half story houses that are commonplace in the neighborhood. 
I agree with McLow and ask that you change the maximum height for houses and duplexes in the RNS 12 zone to 27 feet. This change will further stabilize the RNS 12 zone and protect my neighborhood's quality of life. I wanna stress I'm not resistant to change. Um, I realize we need to accommodate our growing population, but tearing down good historic structures and sending materials to the landfill is not the answer. I really hope we can continue to take pride in preserving the embodied energy of our old neighborhoods. Furthermore, this is my big wish. I encourage city staff, city commissioners, city council to explore ways to shake old properties from the grips of the large rental companies. Imagine finding a way to make our old housing stock affordable so that a new wave of various people and when I say a new wave of various people, I saw them last night when I watched the city council meeting. That was a long emotional meeting with immigrants coming to the podium and an interpreter telling about their struggles to find housing close in. I would hope this new wave of various people within our old neighborhood would include them. I really would love that. Um, I realize we don't talk about who lives in the structures on um, planning and zoning, but to me, if we could integrate people like that, um, get more homeowners in our neighborhood, that would be the ultimate stabilization plan. So thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you, Deanna. Who's ever next? Hi, my name is Dave Moore. I've already signed in, I'm at 425. East Davenport Street. Uh, thank you so much for considering this zoning amendment. The amendment is really simple and it, and, and it makes sense and it lines things up with a comprehensive plan, I think. Uh, this will be good for all neighborhoods and blocks in the RNS 12 zone um, or the uh, residential neighborhood stability zone. Um, more specifically, I'm here today on behalf of myself because of a situation that has impacted my family and the people living in my immediate neighborhood in the lower north side of, of Davenport Street and Bloomington Street. It's an example of what can happen without this amendment. Um, in fact, it, it is evidence that, uh, it's, it's evidence that uh, the current height limit is an incentive to tear down and build big. Um, what was torn down was in 1840s. Weaver's College, cottage on 319 Van Buren, North Van Buren, that was formerly, um, it, it was rentable and it was affordable. So anyway, the biggest property owner in the north side, Prestige Properties, has proposed a full 35 feet house with a nearly flat roof in our backyard. And Anne, if you could show image one, you got it up, thank you. They won't be in sequence maybe from here on out. Um, you can see the building from the east elevation. It's uh, nearly flat. The first one that was proposed was flat and this is the north elevation. This blank wall would be what I'd be seeing over a small backyard for the next 20 years, I guess, if we stay. It's, um, it's huge. It would block the view and sunlight from our house and 
This is what we would be looking at, this blank wall. You can show image two, and this is just a, a kind of a capturing the scale of the, the first building. The second one, the second building that was proposed is actually taller. Thank you, Ann. And um, if he is successful with this new model, he, he could build it elsewhere. Uh, there are other vacant lots, and there are in this 12 zone. Just like the Mansard roof apartments became a model for student housing in the 1980s, you can show image number four, and if you don't mind, number four, there you go. There's the Mansard right across the street from 319. Uh, back then, the city actually created the RNS 12 zone to prevent more of them. And I think that's fine with our images. We're good with that. We can return to the light. Uh, this particular three-story design is injurious to neighboring properties at odds with the compatibility asked for by the comp plan and a bad precedent. When I first saw the designs, I thought, I didn't know what 35 feet was. I thought, I was like, Nancy, I, what is it? How high is that? And I went around using my fist as like six, I'm about six feet, almost. I used to be. And uh, so I went around looking at different buildings Six, 12, 18, 24, oh my God, it's really high. And my conclusion to me like, this is not, this is not just high, this is like a tower, this is crazy high. It's like a monolith. Um, how high is it? It's the Englert Theater building is 35 feet high, if you can think about that. Uh, so my wife and I um, have lived in our house for, I think, 45 years, somebody called it a century neighborhood. It's a little daunting to think that we've lived there half the, the existence of the neighborhood, but apparently many of the houses are, are like that. We raised two nice daughters there. Uh, we do not want to be forced out of our neighborhood because our quality of life will be diminished by a three-story house that we can see out our south window my workroom. We don't want to be driven out by someone who's trying to squeeze every dime out of one of the smallest lots in any core neighborhood. Um, and you can ask yourselves, do you recall yourselves ever seeing any flat-roofed, three-story houses anywhere else in Iowa City? The tenants in the house directly north of this property, 319, will lose even more sunlight. Well, the residents on, they'll be swamped and the residents on the other side of the busy alley with young children, grade school children, would also be affected. Um, we appealed this twice to the Board of Adjustments. We got letters of support from every single owner-occupied home within 200 yards on the lower north side, a fairly moderately income-based neighborhood. You need to wrap it up. Excuse Dave, me? You need to wrap it up, please, Dave. Your really? five minutes is up. Okay. Could I come back and, and finish with the three-minute? No. Okay. Uh, you can come back when everybody else is done for two minutes. Okay, that'd be great. Tell me, when I, let me, tell me how far I go. The most common complaint was, in, was the height. The Board of Adjustments found that the building official made a mistake when she approved a setback reduction to re allow the 35-foot tall building to be built two feet closer to the property line. Why don't you just come back for your Sounds two minutes? Sounds great. I guess I um, digressed a little bit too right. much in trying to be pleasant. So I'll Thank be you, back. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate Thanks. it. Who's ever next?
Hi there, uh, I'm Spencer and I live at 25 North Lucas Street. Uh, as a renter, I'm concerned that this will add more complexity to the zoning code and will reduce the amount of units being built, whether it be duplexes or single family zoning or zone houses. Um, if less units starts being built, everybody's rent starts going up. This does affect more than just this neighborhood. Uh, I know over the last year, most people's rents have gone up over $100 and I know. And if we limit the amount of housing we're going to build, we're going to end up with higher rents and push people further out and away. All Sorry. Right. Thank you, Spencer. Appreciate it. Who's ever next? Second call for the first go around for five minutes. Jared sent me some images that I, I'm having a hard time displaying. Um, you might so just have to describe them to would us. Would you be comfortable if I passed around my phone? Not really. Okay. It, it, it'd just be too difficult. How about you, you, you got five minutes, just explain it to us. And sure. So, uh, hey, Jared, no Market Street. Um, uh, uh, so on page four of your packet, you'll see kind of the, the, RN, the stabilization area and where there's a little carve-out. It's relatively gerrymandered uh, around this one little section of, of Market and Jefferson. I know we keep on coming back to it. Um, and I've, I've asked folks to, to get on Google and just look at the 900 block of Jefferson. And if you look across on, on Jefferson, what you'll see is some four squares. Uh, if you're familiar with the 1920s uh, uh, type of architecture, you'll see Lots of, uh, of, of uh, approximately a thousand square foot um, single fam uh, rather uh, ranches. If you turn around, what you'll see with the, when you look at that bar chart of the most recent buildings that were built 19, 19, in 2021, um, what came down was a, a farmhouse with a with a, an with a gable on it, and what was replaced there. Was um, was a duplex that um, I guess it is on an angled street. I guess that would explains the fact that um, instead of having human scale where we see our neighbors, um, in fact the basement is really a, a single is a story. Then we've got a second story, a third story, which I guess is a second story, but it's really quite elevated. And then we've got a um, the attic area um, for for more living. And it's it's really it takes up the entire pretty much the entire lot, um, and so all the trees in the back all gone. So that it echoes a lot of uh, of what is shown. If you walk on the other side of of Jefferson, that 900 block, and you go to Market Street, you'll see right in the middle of the block. You'll, if you drive down there, you'll see a hole in the ground, and what used to be there was another small home, Tudor style, and the point being that once one of these houses started to go and right next to that duplex that was built is actually another duplex where it's actually two homes on a single plot. And next to that one is another where there's two homes on a single plot where it's not as my block is. And I'm on right around from, from, uh, from Nancy on, on market. If you look out my window and I, I brought images uh, from Google maps, um, the, we have lots of non-conforming lots. Their houses are less than a thousand square feet. Um, I live in a, I, I'm, I'm probably one of the people who helped stabilize the block, I guess you could say. Maybe I'm the bad guy, because it was a student rental. And so if you come on the weekends, you'll see me working on my house every single weekend. And um, my point being that what I'm concerned about 
is destabilizing the neighborhood in this, in this stabilization zone where we don't have any protections of, of this isn't a place where you've got um, overlays and so forth. And what we've seen is once one house came down and was replaced by this giant duplex, and we have these other builds where we have two houses on a single lot, and it's not going to what my, my house, my neighborhood, my block is very diverse, both by income, by rental status, by type, duplex, non-duplex, students, non-students, families, racially diverse, and then we have a block one over where it's now gone into price insensitive, monoculture, all students, and we see more houses being knocked down sequentially. So to say that there's no evidence that on single blocks being where we're seeing houses being taken down, being replaced by price insensitive monoculture, that it doesn't destabilize blocks, that's just categorically in this case not true. And what I think there's evidence to is that once that, as that continues, there's more and more momentum. So I'd, I'd really please ask if, if you have any time to go to that 900 block of Jefferson, walk around the corner to the 900 block of Market and see that these are pretty, every type of housing stock, there's so much housing choice in these neighborhoods and at every price point, well, I don't know, if possible, at lots of different price points, lots of different types of people. But if we start to allow for lots of, of, of if we, excuse me, provide no protection to the type of development that can go in these, in these, these areas or we have savvy developers who can push the, 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 keep within the word, but push the spirit of what is described, um, I think we, we really will lose the stability of the neighborhood. So uh, thanks for coming on this visual journey. Uh, if you want to come for a walk or if you want to stop by, I'll be there Saturday and Sunday morning. Uh, <laughs> if not at the farmer's market, I'll be working outside. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Jared. Did you sign I'm in, sorry, Jared? I did not. Thank you. Any other speakers for five minutes? Second call. Seeing none, we'll start the two minutes. So if anybody would like to speak for a second time for two minutes, now's your chance. Hi, Jim Throgmorton again. The houses that are of greatest at greatest risk from the height differential are ones located in the southeastern part of the Northside neighborhood and on into Court Hill District. Those houses tend to be on smaller lots. They tend to be occupied by structures that are valued in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, if all of you who own a house know that assessed value in the hundreds of thousands of dollars is something that's very affordable in this area, didn't used to be when I was first moved here, but it is now. So it, it, it's misguided to kind of say, as a couple of speakers did, that um, uh, this is sort of an effort to um, preserve property rights or something like that in the Northside neighborhood. The biggest concern we have is for those properties outside of the historic preservation districts 
and in the southeastern side of uh, the RNS 12 district. If we had a map, I could show you with a pointer. So thanks. Thank you. All right, Molly Plotnick, 430 North Gilbert Street. And there were two points that I didn't get in. Um, the first is we're talking about the RNS 12, the stabilization district itself, not historical districts and overlay. Uh, I keep hearing, well, 75% of the RNS 12 is covered by historical district and conservation overlay. Well, 25% isn't. Those people deserve uh, to be spoken for as well. And the other is this type of thing has already been done. Uh, the South District has a two and a half story limit. And so just considering that, this isn't, this isn't out of the blue, this isn't something completely new, completely different. The South District already has this type of restriction. So both, both those things, that's all I wanted to add. Thanks, Wally. Uh, Dave, did you want to go next? Thanks for the opportunity to finish. I appreciate it. The board, we were going to the Board of Adjustments when I stopped. And the first time the Board of Adjustments found that the building official made a mistake when she approved a setback reduction to allow the 35-foot tall building to be built two feet closer to the property line. And that issue, that issue prevented the building. The, the issue that prevented the building was the incorrect setback, but not the height. Um, yet, as one of the Board of Adjustments members said that night, a simple drive-by could have cleared this whole thing up months ago. It's obvious that this doesn't fit in with the neighborhood. We had hoped the developer might come back with something that was a little bit more reasonable. Um, he came back with an even taller building. Once again, the board found that the building official made a mistake about this front setback. Again, about the front setback. Again, it wasn't the height, so the developer could propose another building that, that would be injurious to the neighborhood, to the neighbors that live close by. It's hard to believe that so much time and money spent by citizens simply to fight off a building that the comprehensive plan in Central District says shouldn't even exist in the first place. Uh, this amendment would put an end to that kind of problem, put the RNS 12 zone right back on the right track. This amendment has broad support. All the owner-occupied homes in the immediate area um, signed off. Many people on the north side and other neighborhoods, many organizations, and very deeply experienced people who wrote letters. Um, I want to thank the volunteers from the NNA, Northside Neighborhoods, from, for walking the streets, doing the real measurements, finding out the real facts, and putting this proposal together. And most of all, I'd like to thank you, the Planning and Zoning Commission, for considering this amendment. Thanks. Okay. Thank you, Dave. Anyone else? For a second time around, for I mean, for first time around on the two minutes. Anybody else? Seeing none, we'll close the public hearing. I'd entertain a motion for this item. I'd move to support staff's recommendation and uh, deny the proposed amendment. Motion so, by Quellhorse. Is there a second? So are you, um, can you clarify, do you propose to maintain the 35 feet? Uh, correct, to maintain the 35-foot requirement and reject the proposed amendment. 
I second. So motion by Quellhorse, second by Padron, discussion. Scott, since you made the motion, you can talk first. Uh, sure. So um, I live in Longfellow in an historic home, and I share a lot of the concerns that have been voiced today. Um, but to me, you know, this area appears to be well protected by historic and conservation district overlays. You know, to the extent that's not the case, I think the appropriate remedy is expanding those overlays rather than pursuing, um, you know, kind of a, a niche carve out to the zoning code. Um, I also don't see any indication of a large influx of tall homes. I, I think staff indicated that uh, they don't have any record of homes over uh, 27 feet being constructed since the 90s. Um, and finally, I share staff's concerns that the proposed amendment would be inconsistent with, uh, you know, with the standard in most other residential zones uh, and would result in varying height limits based on purpose, which I don't see a sufficient justification for doing. Maria? I don't have much to say other than I, I read the staff proposal and it makes more sense to me. And by listening to all the neighbors, um, they, I just, I don't, they just didn't convince me that their, their reasons are reasons enough to lower the height. Any other discussion by members of the commission? I can't vote in accordance with this because I think the 27 foot is tall enough in these residential areas. I live in one of those areas and I would hope that we wouldn't get a 35 footer in, in my neighborhood. I have a question for staff. Um, the building that we saw that, that sort of has galvanized a lot of this reaction, I think, is this 35 foot building. Um, is it, where is it in the approval process? And, and isn't part of the approval that it has to fit in with the neighborhood? Um, it needs to meet the standards in the zoning code. And it's my understanding that they did have a building permit issued for it, but it's not moving forward in terms of construction. Okay. So it doesn't have to meet, um, subjective character standards. It just needs to meet the height, the setbacks, that type of thing. I would caution you away from focusing too much on that one example. This is a change to the text of the code that would apply in multiple situations. Um, you know, it's not a rezoning for that, that but property. I mean, I, I am... I am interested in knowing what protections there are in place without changing the code. And if there is a protection that is that they have to meet some standard of some type of conformity as in fitting in with a neighborhood, that's important to me. And if there is no protection that way, that's also important to me to know. So what's the answer? That particular property is not in a historic or conservation district. So um, the zoning code doesn't have any, um, the, for the most part, the, the zoning code are black and white standards that it needs to meet. There's no um, design standards or regulations related to it fitting in with so the neighborhood. So is it an RNS 12? It is, it is an RNS 12 zone. Because I, you know, another building that is often brought up as an example is this one on um, 
the Bloomington Street building, which I kept hearing about, and I think, I, I know that building. I drive down that street. I've driven down that street two or three times a week for 30 years, and I don't know any big monstrous building there. And then I, you know, I started looking at the addresses, and the building that they're talking about looks very much like a single-family home to me, and fits in with the neighborhood. If you stood across the block and looked at the block, it did replace a very small, decrepit, at the time it was torn down, I don't know if that was purposeful or not, but it, but it replaced a very small building, but it's got a yard. They built a double car garage off the alley in the back. It's, it's very much, I don't know why anyone would complain about that being in their neighborhood. The issue, I saw someone over here nod when we talked about landlords. Um, the issue is it didn't sell as a single family house. It sold to someone who is renting it, I understand from conversation, from things people have said, who's renting it by the room. And so instead of having a five member family in there, you have five students. But if you had a five-member family in there, I don't think any of you would be complaining about it. So that's a struggle for me. When, you, when that is used as an example of what we don't want in our neighborhood, and yet, like I say, if it had two adults and three children, I think you'd be happy to have it in your neighborhood. And I'm very torn on this, and I'm not sure how I'll vote. I want to clarify. I, I think that the bylaws require, and it's good practice to state motions in the affirmative. And then if you don't agree with them, you would obviously vote to uh, against. You would vote uh, nay. Sure. Uh, the motion was made in the negative, and I think uh, our practice is to make the motions in the positive, even if you don't support it, so that it's clear if the motion fails or passes. Uh, well, then so, would we just restate that, Scott, as make a motion to retain the 35-foot height, maximum building height in RS-12 zones as currently is in the code? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So right. amended. You're, okay. you're obviously still free to vote against it. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily uh, <laughs> indicate how you're going to vote if you this make that motion in the affirmative. So, okay. Um, I also have this suggested motion, which is very specific about if the commission wants to move forward with the change. I don't know how everyone's feeling. This is the opposite of what Scott's motion is. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. but they could also, you could also vote this down. Yeah. And the other question I had for staff is, uh, from the initial conversation about this, I was taken with that two and a half stories versus 27 feet. Why in one neighborhood would you have two and a half stories, something defined as two and a half stories, and in another neighborhood, 27 feet, or 35 feet, um, which must be three stories. Um, is, do you prefer 27 feet, or do you prefer two and a half stories, if you were had to choose between those two? In, in this zone, I would prefer that it would be in feet and not stories. Okay. I walk into that neighborhood, I can't imagine having a three-story structure. I, it just doesn't fit into the character of the neighborhood. I also feel like um, 
keeping it at 27 or lowering it to 27 feet adds to the affordability of the neighborhood. It, it's consistent with our strategic plan. So I will not be supporting this. Chad? Yeah, um, so I will be supporting, I guess, the denial. Um, I, I think that's <laughs> um, but uh, essentially, um, you know, I, I hear the concerns. I lived up in the north side neighborhood for a long time. Um, you know, I'm familiar with the, the house on uh, Jefferson, also on the corner of between Market and Jefferson along the alleyway. Used to be a white house there that got torn down and replaced with a duplex uh, up on Market Street when you come off Rochester. Um, also, uh, smaller houses that were replaced with newer newer houses. Uh, none of these became, um, I, I think, uh, uh, intrusive to their neighborhood. Um, and so for that reason, um, I, I couldn't support the complexity of lowering the height to a 27-foot and would support leaving it at 35. And I'll go last. Um, uh, of course, the the difficulty always is is the question of affordable housing, and that's what causes me the quandary. But um, I'm extremely concerned about the proliferation of rentals throughout the city, and that the whole city is just going to become rentals. And I don't see any evidence that more rentals is reducing the price of rent. So I'm not sure that's the answer to affordability. So. I will oppose this motion because I think it's reasonable, particularly I was really struck by this really stayed with me. Um, Robert Micklow's comment that the original 35 feet was just to deal with the slope on some of the lots and not for any other reason. And since she, he was staff at the time, I presume that is the accurate discussion. So I, I just don't, I think it was just an anomaly that the 35 feet was passed in the first place. So uh, any further discussion? I think we should restate the motion so we're all clear on what exactly. Scott, do you want to restate your motion? Um, can, yeah. And I guess I'm concerned that if um, if if the majority of the commission wants to change it to 27 feet, I want to clear what um, whether this is new or existing single family and duplexes. If it's what the justification for varying the uses are. Well, um, yeah, if his so, motion is approved, then it's just everything staying exactly as it is. And I presume then if that motion fails, then somebody else could make this suggested motion okay. for approving. Is that not correct? Right. Yeah. So my motion would just be to retain the 35-foot okay. requirement. Okay. Further discussion? We'll go ahead and call the question. All those in favor of the motion as mm -hmm. just stated by Commissioner Colhorst, signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify saying nay. Nay. So um, can we have the names of nay the nay Townsend. voters? Nay Townsend, nay Hench. Elliot. Were there any other nays? Seeing none, the motion by Quell Horse is approved four to three. Next item on the agenda. Um, number five, planning and zoning information. Ann? Um, just an update from last night's council meeting. Um, the council approved the city's submission for the pro-housing grant to the Housing um, and Urban Development Department and the, the matching, the leveraging funds of 
from the city. So we'll be getting that application submitted later this month. Is that all? That's it. All right. <laughs> I have something. All right. I want to thank whoever, the city or whoever, there's now a walkway on, is that Riverside Drive? You know, Isn't that wonderful? Uh, I don't know where that space came oh, from. It's been there for, it's been on the city's books since I worked for the city, <laughs> yo, those many years ago. But it and looks, it was all about the railroad was supposed to move their yeah. things and they, they refused ultimately to do it. Say, correct me if I'm wrong. And so they took it out of the street. You yeah. can't tell, though. I mean, it yeah. really is no, so much safer. So much safer. Wait, that's Riverside and what? It's across from the Dairy Queen. Right underneath the Under railroad The, the railroad trestle. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's now a sidewalk on, on the, the west side. side. Which oh, was cool. never before. It's just oh, like an 18-inch yeah. gravel. People used to come out service. into the street, walk out into the street to yeah. get around the, the mm -hmm. railroad. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's yeah. little things like that that really make a difference for people. No, oh, yeah. You live on and that it's literally taken probably seven or eight years <laughs> to get it done because working with the railroad. Yeah. But it, mean, it is a long, good. It's been going on a long time. Yeah. No, that's great news. In, any, anything else? Um, look at my agenda. We have no minutes? They, they weren't ready. Okay. That, and that's on me, not the minute taker. Okay. Uh, motion for adjournment? So moved. Motion Second. by Townsend. Second, Elliot. All those in favor? Uh, discussion? <laughs> <laughs> All those in favor of adjournment, signify saying aye. 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 Those opposed, signify saying nay. Hearing no nays, the motion carries and we're adjourned.